Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Oh, let's give it for the worship team. Didn't they do an amazing job? Thank you, worship team. Awesome. We have a really good worship team. The best, I think, within anywhere from here. I think we have, we have the best worship team. And if you do want to get involved in that worship team, make sure you come and see one of us. If you can do sound, lights, data, drums, you play the flute or you play the triangle, ding, or something like that, come and see us. Cool. Well, let's give it up for Raywin. She's going to come and talk. Hey, guys. How you doing? That's good. Probably doing better than me right now. Operating low-key in a spirit of winging it. Um, no, uh, Tim asked us to share uh, t- tonight on, or asked me to share on why I'm a Christian and or why I follow Christ. And it's kind of a hard question in that there's like a thousand reasons, but really only one, and it's all the same for everybody here. Like you're here because you follow God already or you're interested in following him or have followed him in the past or you know you're here because you have had an answer to that question and really it is because he is a god who is worth to be followed like you're not going to follow someone it's like oh yeah it's kind of okay i guess just do it for something to do um but when i was thinking about that i was thinking that i am very different to most of the people in this room And most of the people in the room are very different to each other. But yet we still have that one thing in common, that we all think that God is worth following. And it came to my mind when I was sitting in, or having my lunch break actually, had a stressful day at work and wanted to get out. So I went down the road and down the road from my work in Maryborough is this like old cathedral. So I was just sitting there because it was peaceful and quiet. And looking around the cathedral and I just was thinking, it's it's a really beautiful cathedral. Like it's not the greatest or the grandest, but it's really beautiful and there's real peace in there. And and I was thinking to when it was built over a hundred years ago, God was just as real to them there that they would build this beautiful monument to him as he was to me sitting there enjoying his peace in my stressful lunch break and like he's God is so then I was thinking about that some more and then part of the reason that I follow God is because he bridges all all possible gaps that there could be through time or generations or you know governments or cultures or genders or anything God can bridge that gap like there's nothing else that can do that there's nothing else that can bring so many randoms all together with one thing in common (laughs) and and then once we're all together in this kind of motley joyful amazing group of people that we are here the thing that makes you stay is because you know you you get interested and then you realize you know God is good and then he brings such a richness into your life and and that's what I found is you know I grew up in a Christian home I had Sunday school and bedtime prayers and grace and you know all of that kind of thing in my life but you know that's not going to make you stay eventually you stop piggybacking off your parents faith and you go one way or the other and and what makes you stay is that 
God is good. He brings so many good things to your life. What you, you know, like you can marvel at a beautiful sunset and rejoice. And, you know, you can do that without God. But to know that he created it to bring joy to, to you know, humanity, to our life, it just it brings it so much more full and, and just, you know, it makes it so amazing or a beautiful mountain scenery or, you know, you, when you're having coffee with your friend, it's such, it brings a deepness and a meaningful, a really horrible day like I was in the stressful day at work and that he's not going to, you know, come with God and that, you know, he's not going to, wherever you are at, he will meet you there. And, um, yeah, that's really all my reasons God is worth following. He brings a deepness to your, to your life and he will meet you and anybody else in your whole sphere, world, universe, where you're at, and that it's real, that it's not just chilling. Yeah, so that's it. Awesome. Great. That's good. It's very good. Okay, next up we have Kate. Let's give it up for Kate. Hey, guys, how you doing? Who's going for the Cronulla Sharks? Oh, come on. Who's going for the Storm? Yeah. I don't know anything about football, so where do they come from? I don't know anything about them. I just Googled that before I came in. (laughs) Storm's practically the Queensland origin team, let's be real. Um, Okay, guys, thank you so much. It's such a privilege to be up here um, sharing with you guys tonight a little bit about my life and my relationship with God. Um, I kind of gave mine a little bit of a title because when I got the message from Tim asking me, like, why am I a Christian? The first thing that came to my head was, because you're a hot mess. <laughs> like, that's it, seriously. So mine's called The Hot Mess. Um, so when I came to thinking about why I'm a Christian, it's kind of in two parts, and Raywin touched on it as well. Why someone becomes a Christian, and then perhaps why you stay a Christian, because they're two very different things. I think we've probably all known a few people that have had a real encounter with God at one time in their life, and then that falls away for them. Um, Or we have those other people in our world as well that have encountered God and then continue to take that throughout the ups and downs of life. And so that's a little bit what I want to talk about. Um, The first thing I want to do is just give a bit of an illustration about my life. Because if I was to tell you the story of my life, we'd probably be here till maybe tomorrow morning. Um, So I know people have places to be and we don't have any snacks, so we better move on. Um, A story I wanted to tell is about a particular time in my life and that sums up a few of the other times in my life. So heading, we're all going to cast our minds back to 2012. I don't know where you were, but I was living in Toowoomba with my parents um, and I'd gone to the grocery shops in the morning just before heading off to my last placement. I was about to finish uni. Um, And I was in the shops and I was just kind of walking around. I had a ring that I'd been given for finishing grade 12 uh, on my finger and I was walking around and all of a sudden my ring flew off um, and I discovered where it was when I heard a crunch underneath my foot and my beautiful first ever expensive ring was like as flat as a tack. It was the flattest I'd ever seen a round thing go. Um, There's probably like breaks on all sides of it. It like it's like a car had ran over it. It was the flattest thing ever. Um, I was obviously devastated. I drove the two seconds home to my mum um, and was bawling. I think she'd thought I'd killed a person because I was so distressed. Um, I was I just couldn't figure out what, what waves up. I, I couldn't. I like I had to get into my placement late because I couldn't. Know, I didn't know what I was doing. I was overwhelmed. Anyway, 
Over the next couple of days and weeks, I did my research on what's, could I get this fixed? What's going to be the best way to get this fixed? How much is it going to cost me? And I kind of came across two options. Uh, One of them was the well-respected jeweller in town um, from all intensive purposes. I thought that would have been the place that would have been able to fix it. I went in there, uh, spoke to the lady. She kind of said, ooh, like, maybe like three or four hundred dollars. I can't promise we're going to fix it. Like, I'm not sure. You've done a good job. You could give us the like that's just to look at it. Four hundred bucks, we'll look at it and we'll see what we can do. And I was like, "What? Four hundred dollars, and you can't even guarantee me anything? Like from the outside, you guys look like the people I should trust." Next option: dodgy little setup in the middle of a shopping centre. Um, some kind of creepy looking dude. <laughs> so I walked up to him and said, "Like, this is what I've done. Like, is this any option?" And the minute he opened his mouth, I went, "Whoo, geez, I think I trust this guy." He said, "75 bucks, I can have it brand new." by the end of the week. I was like, oh, all right, great. So when I think about that, those two choices, I think about other times in my life where perhaps something looked really nice and shiny on the outside. I invested my money and my time in my life and kind of came out with a whole lot of nothing. Um, I am a person that grew up in some kind of church family, I suppose. My mum found God when she was kind of had just left my father so I had a beautiful mum that loved God and nurtured me in that perspective but I also had a dad who was angry and bitter and probably did some things that damaged this little girl so when I got to my teenage years some of that took over a little bit my experiences with God kind of got drowned out a little bit by some pain and I went on this journey of trying to find other things that were more physically I could get my hands on um, that I could put some kind of trust in because I felt like God was too far off like I kind of didn't have him I couldn't touch him I couldn't feel that presence from him then so I went on a bit of a journey around that and can I it's like safe to say that um, I came out a heck of a lot worse from that okay I probably came out looking like that ring I was flat I was squashed there was broken in so many parts um, until the day, as actually in this church, um, my family had moved from Toowoomba to over here, and I stepped into this church, and I said to God, "I'm exhausted. I'm done. I can't. I can't do anything else." And that trusting voice, like that man with the seventy-five dollars who could guarantee you me brand new, said, "I've got you. You're fixed. I'm, I've covered you. Give a little bit, and I'll give you a lot." So that's kind of how I became a Christian. And if you just want to know, this is the beautiful ring that um, got fixed. It is on my finger. I wear it just about every day. So he did a very good job and God made me very much the same. I kind of had a new lease on life through that. But you know what? Life hasn't stayed brand new and shiny. So that's where we get to the staying a Christian bit. I know why I became a Christian because I got to that point where I couldn't do it on my own. So I started doing it with God. But that doesn't mean everything's rosy and everything's good all the time. Um, I know that there's a room of amazing Christians in here and I can sure they will all tell you that life gets really hard sometimes. Um, So the staying a Christian thing is about pretty much, I don't actually know I probably would have survived if I didn't have God, to be honest. Raywin spoke about it being worth it to to kind of know God and follow God and be a Christian. For me, it's like the other option's just not worth it because I don't trust the other option. I ended up far worse than I probably should have or could have. So when I think about that and think about um, staying as a Christian right here, right now, and what that looks like for me, um, another analogy came to me this week, actually, as I was driving to work each morning. Um, 
who knows, like, the weather in Queensland can be, like, perfect one day and, like, even more perfect the next. We've had that shown this week. Hey, one morning I was driving to work and kind of turned onto the Esplanade. The sun was shining. It was blue skies. The, like, water was flat as a tack. I was like, man, I wish my paddleboard was here and I'm not going to work. But thus, I had to go to work. The next morning, driving down the exact same direction, doing the exact same thing, and it was bumpy. The water was terrible. There was no sun. It was grey. Like, complete opposite. Flip it on the coin. And then we have night time where it is like pitch black. We can't see the sun. We don't know what's going on. And sometimes that's what life can look like on a day-to-day basis. I know for me, I almost got back to that squashed ring bit, probably like two weeks ago. I was almost, I was out. I was almost exhausted. It was like pitch black night for me. Um, But I know deep down from my relationship with God and how God's had my back that, you know, he's a bit like the sun. Whether he's shining brightly or he's covered by the clouds or it's pitch black, I know he's coming back. I know he's there. I know in my faith that that's where he is. Um, He might come tomorrow. He might be there the next day. But I know in my mind that he will be there and I have that faith that he will be there. Some days it's easier. Some days it's really hard. Um, And that's why it's really important when you have a faith in God, that it's not something that you're just a Christian on your own. You're not just a Christian. You're a Christian in a Christian family, which is sometimes not your biological family. Sometimes it's us. (laughs) And I know what, me and my mum are the only Christians in our family. So I have to lean on you guys so much more than perhaps some of you that have got generations of Christians in your family. So I wanted to just, I suppose, wrapping up that a little bit for my part is whether you're coming here or you're sitting here tonight because you are like squished, like you're broken, you have you don't know what it looks like to be around anymore, or you're feeling a little bit more like put life's a little bit more put together at the moment. I just want to encourage you that God is there. He will if you put a little bit of trust in Him. Doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. It's a little bit scary. I can admit that it's a little bit scary to think about this God. Like you can't see Him, you can't touch Him. Like it's a bit. Ugh. I can guarantee you it's only going to work out for good. Um, He will make you shiny and brand new on a day-to-day basis. Whatever you come to at the end of that day, he will make you, polish you up. You'll be perfect that next day. Um, So that's just what I want to leave you with, guys. Bring your brokenness. Bring whatever you've got going on, whether you're in your dark of the night, stormy day, or it's a beautiful, shining day for you. God wants to be there and have an amazing relationship with you. And that's why I'm a Christian, because my life has been that and it continues to be that on a day-to-day basis. It's the only way I survive. So I'm the hot mess and I love God. That's all I've got. Awesome. So good. So good. So my first question here is why... Follow Christ and live by the standards of the Bible in 2016. And they answered a lot of that. But like, why? You know, in a world that thinks the Bible is so old-fashioned, out of date, why live as a Christian? You know, why give your money to church? Why strive to live lives that are self-controlled and Christ-like? Why do this? I mean, is it... uh, it's just a cool thing to do. It's uh, I got nothing else to do on a Sunday or whatever. It just just sounds fun, you know. Why don't we live like everyone else in the world? Why don't we just live just how everyone else lives? That's a question I, I get asked a lot, and I, I know that a lot of people get asked that question. Do we have an answer for them when people ask you that? Why Why are you Christian? And that's why I I, I felt to do this question because it's it's actually 
it's a hard question to answer sometimes because you've got 150 things you would like to do. But I encourage everyone to, to really think, why are you a Christian? When people ask you to have just a, a couple of one-liners that will just, yeah, that is true. That's why. To really think about this question. I mean, I, I follow God because I had a revelation when I was young, really young, that with, with, without sep- accepting Jesus into my life, I'd be, you know, I'd be separate from him because of sin, because of we were born into sin, Romans 6.23. And I just had a revelation at a very young age. And I remember the spot, to be exact. I was seven years of age, and I was at Royal Rangers. Does anybody remember that cult? I mean, that, um, that place? <laughs> See, no one remembers that really here. Everyone's like, what the heck's Royal Rangers? Anyway, Royal Rangers was like this cool thing where you get badges and you dress up in this brown costume. <laughs> I don't know why it was brown. Uniform, sorry. He's getting offended. Look at him. <laughs> hey, I got respect for Royal Rangers. Anyway, I was seven years of age. We were at Royal Rangers, like an end of year party concert thing or something like that. I just remember, I just started crying. And I just remember his love and his grace just drawing me. I, just, I never forget it. I just was like, yeah, I need Jesus. I'm broken. Uh, I was born into sin. And I just remember going, yeah, I'm going to follow Jesus from that age. And it started an amazing journey for me. And like Kate said, every day it is a choice. Every day it can be up and down. And that's normal for a, a Christian. But I just remember like that was my moment where I like, I need to follow Christ. It just, it just clicked. And a lot of you here can remember that time when you were saved. When you asked Jesus into your heart, you can remember that, that time. You can remember that feeling of your sins being washed away, just like you felt light. You know, you just felt you walked out taller. A lot of you can remember that. And uh, that feeling of a new start, you know, that new start in life. It's, it's just like a new start. You remember the first time you read the Bible and you remember when, when God would speak to you through that the first few times. It's like, wow, this exciting journey. And that is awesome. But as we were saying, why continue to live a life sold out for Christ? You know, it's cool to have that little moment, but why actually continue that the longevity of 30, 40, 50, 60, whatever years of, of living for Christ? And why, li- why continue to live by biblical standards? Now, I personally believe that living a life sold out for Christ is the best way to live. It really is the best way to live, as, as the girls have said. And living by biblical standards, it, it does work. It just works. As Kate said, she tried not living by biblical standards and it just, you, you actually come out broken. Biblical standards work. Now, we need to build our life on the solid ground, which is the Bible and Jesus. Matthew 7.24 is a great one. It says, Therefore, uh, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. It fell with a great crash. I'm using that as if you build your life on Christ and on the Bible, it's solid rock. When you build it on the flesh, on your own ideas, on the world's whatever ideas, it's like building on the sand. It will crash. We need to build our life on the solid ground of God's Word. I read these statistics at youth camp, but in America, 
you know, the, you might know this, some of you might not. The Bible was read and daily prayers happened in schools every day leading up to 1962. Some of the, some of the people who would remember that, some wouldn't, I wasn't alive. So I'm going to read an article that was published a few years ago. It says, one can argue, and some have, that the decision by the Supreme Court in a series of three decisions back in 1962 and 1963 to remove the Bible and prayer from our public schools may have been the most spiritually significant uh, event in our nation's history over the course of the last 55 years. Here's just a few statistics that a guy, a Christian guy got together and, and did sort of before 1963 for a few years before and after sort of to now and some of the things that have sort of gone wrong. So here, listen to this. Uh, for 15 years before 1963, he's just sort of done it 15 years before, pregnancies in girls aged 15 to 19 had been no more than 15 per thousand. After 1963, pregnancies increased 185% just in the next 15 years alone. Uh, for younger girls aged 10 to 14 years, pregnancies since 1963 are up 550%. Before 1963, sexually transmitted diseases among students were 400 per 100,000. Since 1963, they were up 230% just in the next 12 years alone. In the family, before 1963, divorce rates had been declining for 15 years. Declining. And after 1963, divorces increased 300% each year for the next 15 years. It's crazy. Since 1963, unmarried people living together is up 350%. Since 1963, single parent families are up 150%. Uh, Since 1963, single parent families with children were up 160%. Uh, In the nation of, this is just America, in the nation of America, since 1963, violent crimes have increased 550%. I don't know how we worked out the percentages, but it it was a credible where I got this information from. Uh, illegal drugs have become an enormous and uncontrollable problem. We all know that. The nation has been deprived of estimated 30 or 40 million citizens through legal abortions just since 1973. The list goes on. Massive list there. I'm not trying to make you all feel negative. And, oh. but as you can see from these statistics, when people aren't taught biblical standards and are not living by biblical standards, it's like building your house on the sand. The Bible just works. It just does. It's what God's got in there. He, know, he created us. He knows what's best for us. You know, if a car maker says, this car can do 200 k's an hour and you do 300 and it blows up, he didn't create it to do 300. But the world's living at 300 and everything. And they wonder why it's falling apart. Because they're not living the design that God created them to live. It's in the Bible. The Bible's not old-fashioned. It's not. I mean, it's old, but it's not old-fashioned. It's not out of date. You know, it's, it's not out of date. We need to build our lives on biblical principles and stand up for what's right more than ever. You know, we need to, to show people a better way to live than what's just on the TV and the media. You know what, you just, you just get pumped full of all this stuff on TV and the media and the marriage equality and all these things that are just like just pumped at us all the time to the point where it's like, I'm just, some people just, I'm just going to give up. Whatever, I guess that's the culture. But we, we need to stand strong on these things, not be weird and legalistic and religious but just to really stand strong in our lives, how we live, and to shine the light. I believe that God, godly based bio, that's not the word. I believe that a godly lifestyle always brings good fruit in relationships, family, and many other areas. So living as a Christian lifestyle, living, it actually brings good fruit. 
And like just in the Davy family alone, you can go to great granddad was a Christian, pass it on to granddad, pass it on to my father, who's a pastor of this church, if you didn't know that. And then down to me, and now I'm about to have a kid and I would like to pass that along. And that's just like the generations of godly heritage. And if you look at the Davy family and just the Oh, it's just, there's an amazing heritage through the Davy family of, of people. They've been through some crazy stuff, but they never gave up standing on God's word, tithing, just, just holding on to what God's promises say. It does work, but we need to fight for it more than ever. In the world that's very, and it's just in our culture, especially Australia, very unchurched, very unsaved, you know, we need to, like, Aussies like lifestyle. They like a good, you know, they want to be comfortable. They want to have a good lifestyle. And being a Christian is a pretty good lifestyle. You have some hard times, things can go pear-shaped. But, you know, Aussies actually want, want to live a good life, if that makes sense. And if we live a great Christian lifestyle on biblical principles, not fake, but real, it actually draws them to us. Okay, so it's just something I found with Aussie culture. Don't let what you see and hear all the time change your view on what the Bible says. I said that before. Don't let it change your view. I, I encourage you to go after God a hundred percent i'll get the worship team up go after god 100 percent. like i said more than ever in this world let's not blur the lines let's not like it's it's you know it's black or white like it's it's light or darkness it's not gray like who likes gray who likes a warm coffee who likes you know it's let's go for it like darkness is getting darker and the light's getting lighter let's live light you know light is always greater than darkness and like you can have a room of you know, 150 people on fire for God that can change a whole city because it's light. Light's always more powerful. Let's shine for Jesus. And I believe that as you do, God will, our people will see Jesus inside of you as you continue to just live unashamed and just have the answers for when people ask, why do you follow Christ? Why do you live for him? So in finishing tonight, I encourage you to read the Bible Read the Bible. It's a good book. Seriously. It's not just a book. It is the most stolen, the most sold, the most... The Bible breaks every single record of every book in in the world. Every single... It's the most translated. It's because it's the Word of God. Read it. Live for Jesus and live a life that people will will want to be. They'll be like, well, there's something different about you. They'll be asking the question, like, well, there's something different about you. Why don't we close our eyes? Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Maybe you're here tonight and uh, you still don't know what's going on. You're sort of dragged here by a friend or, or maybe you come here every week. You know, I'm here to tell you that God has a plan for your life. He loves you so much. You know, God loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for your sins so that you could be free. And you're like, free? What do you mean sins? Free from what? You know, we were all born into sin, as I said back at the start. And Romans 3.23 says that all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We were all born into sin. You know, right back at the start of time, the first man, Adam, sinned. And when he sinned, it brought death and destruction into this world. We were all born into it. We didn't have a choice. We were born into sin. But, you know, God has a plan. He always has a plan for everything. In Romans 5, it says, but God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, 
Christ died for us. He died for you to be free. He died for you to be saved. And the Bible also says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in him, you will be saved. Now that, that's the first step, is asking him into your life as we talked about tonight. He wants to help you. He wants to help you. You know, if you don't know Jesus, but nobody looking, let's respect this moment. If you don't know Jesus, but you know you need to open your heart up to him, why don't you just raise your hand so I can see it with nobody looking. Yep, see those hands? Yep, you can put them down once you've put them up. God really loves you, has a great plan for your life. Well, maybe you're here tonight and you do know God, but... You know, you've been living a compromising lifestyle. You've been living that gray lifestyle instead of that, you know, hot or, or that lifestyle of, of, of light. Maybe here tonight and you're just like, yep, yeah, I, I just need to come back to God. Why don't you raise your hand too if that's you? You're like, yeah, I just need to come back to God. I'm feeling away. Yep. Cool. I see those hands. That's cool. What we might do is we're all going to stand. And for those that have raised their hands, why don't you come to the front and then face me? I'd love to just, quick prayer. We're nearly finished. I'd love to just pray for you. So let's all stand. Why don't we give them a, a little clap as they come to the front? That's awesome. It's an awesome decision to, to follow Christ. Is anyone here for the first time? Is this the first time you've ever done it for yet? That's awesome. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. As I said before, that if you confess Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead, you will be saved. So what I want to do now is, is a prayer, okay, which is confessing and saying, yep, I want to go after God 100%. We've all prayed this prayer here. So what we're going to do is I'm going to pray a prayer. Why don't we all, why don't we all pray this prayer together and support these ones on the front? So repeat after me. Jesus, I thank you. For setting me free. I ask you into my heart from this day on. Help me to walk with you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can you just reach your hand out to them as we pray for these people here? Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for Kirsty, Lord. God, I just thank you that you love her. I thank you that you have a plan for her. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to put her life back together. God, right now, I just pray that you would just wrap your arms of love around her. True love, Lord Jesus. I thank you for peace that passes all understanding. Right now, Lord Jesus, will be in her life. And I thank you that this night will be a defining moment where she realized that, Jesus, you are Lord and I need you. And I just pray you'll start an amazing journey. God, bless her and her family. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for that right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Cool. Well, if it's your first time here, Doug's here. I'd like to get you a Bible, okay, as we've been talking about the Bible. So who, has everyone here got a Bible? Has everyone here cool? Have you got a Bible? Do you have one? Cool. Well, we might just, have you got the, yeah, okay. We'll actually go with Kate. Do you want to just go this for a second? We're going to play another song. We'll just, yeah, take your details, give you a Bible if you need one. Let's give it up for Kirsty. That's awesome. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.